What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Deja View Podcast. Your, you know, I don't know why I always have to say only, because that's not true. I mean, there's a ton of other podcasts about Sopranos and watching old TV shows. And Scrubs. You know what's funny, uh, Travis? After we what? did our Scrubs episode last week, which I thought uh, went really well. I, I saw, thought so, too. I saw that... Um, uh, Zach Braff and the actor who plays Turk, I forgot his name. Donald Faison. Have Donald Faison? Yeah. They started their own Scrubs podcast. Okay, so, so I was <laughs> I actually read an article this week that uh, TV show podcasts are apparently on the rise. Wow. So uh, we're not alone out here. Okay. I just thought it was funny that right when we did ours, those yeah. two a-holes that probably have a better reason to have a Scrubs podcast and probably be more <laughs> insightful make a stupid podcast on their own, Travis. What the hell? Well, it's not like another Sopranos long-form discussion-type podcast wasn't dropped by two stars from The Sopranos about two you know weeks what? after and we talked, started either. I've talked to their lawyers, and we're going to work things out. We're going <laughs> to... Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Good. We can, we can be the only ones. Right. Right. We we I still stand by this. We are the only Sopranos podcast hosted by Trey Mitchell and Travis Mejia. That yes. cannot be taken away. That can't be taken away. I'm I'm waiting for uh, Jorge Garcia <laughs> and uh, and Josh Holloway to have their own Lost podcast, which I would I would be listen down to that. To to. <laughs> now there actually was a Lost podcast during the shows. Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse right. had a podcast that I listened like to. Like one of the first TV podcasts. I think it was one of like the first. It was like the first I had ever first time I had ever listened to a podcast was that the Lost mm-hmm. podcast with those two created a whole genre of podcasts genre of casts and Dude. right now we're doing our own little cast here we're talking about the sopranos we're talking season three we're talking episodes five six and seven correct yes and uh for the rest of this season we're probably going to do two first so two episodes each for the next three episodes to get us to the end of the season. Just to give right. everybody a, a little bit of a preview at the beginning of the episode instead of the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so we have six more after these three. Girl. Man, I'm starting to get a little... It's flying by, honestly. Mm-hmm. It is like, flying and it's, by. It's probably somewhat due to uh, our ramp up the last <clears throat> couple of weeks, but I've, I've really enjoyed doing... Uh, like watching it at a slightly slower pace, but doing more content with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I think we have a lot to talk about, you know, with, with right. these episodes. Even though not maybe not as many tentacles as a Lost, but still a lot to talk about. It's different. It's more, you know, like with Lost, it was more based around what's going to happen next. Whereas this, it's way more uh, centered around like what is actually happening. You know what I mean? Like we're yes. kind of talk, it's it's just more of an examination than a prediction. Yeah, and and you know we we've talked at length about our our issues with <clears throat> how we did the lost one, where we were like doing almost just talking about the episode, like we were recapping, and we were this right. we were kind of doing more points and how we feel about the episode and maybe its impact and stuff like that. Which right. I think we'll yeah, have no, a good I, discussion for episode <clears throat> six. I agree. I agree. Um, and another programming note, I don't know what the next one we're going to do is, but you can probably expect, especially during Rony time, for us to slip in a couple of special episodes as we move along throughout the next few weeks. 
Uh, like I said, don't know what exactly we're going to do yet, but expect extra special programming just for the DJP1, DJVP1. I guess so. <laughs> um, Way to sign I, I know, off on it. I know we wanted to uh, maybe <clears throat> do Avatar The Last Airbender with Austin Guttery, which will be a, a tougher one to do because the episodes, I mean, there's some standalones, uh, mm-hmm. and I want him to pick his top five, but the episodes are a little more within the story. They're a little more like, not like Lost, but they, they're a little more, um, you kind of have to know. It's a little hard to drop in. <clears throat> right. It's not Scrubs. Well, I'm going to kinda... try. <clears throat> I'll tell you, dude, it's a really good show. Um, I will try. It's Is this an anime? Is this a tune? <clears throat> it's, it's, it's in an anime style, but it's, it's very much an American show. Okay, so I, I don't have to like, I don't have to watch subtitles on a it cartoon. Came, it, it's an American show. Okay. It, okay. it was on Nickelodeon. It aired on Nickelodeon. But it All has right, that well, style to it. All right. Well, I'll give it a yeah. shot. I'll give it a yeah. shot. I'll tell you, we, we watched it last year, which doesn't feel like last year, but it was last year. And <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm all in. Nothing but time on my hands these days. It, it's a very good show. <clears throat> it has a lot of really good characters, a lot of good story, a lot of good, um, a lot of good uh, uh, plot. It's actually really <laughs> good. I think you might enjoy it. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. You're, I know you've been trying to get me to dabble in the in the anime since we it's, started. It's not doing really this. anime though. Like if you said that to someone who was really into anime, they would they would hate me. But yeah, as a layman. Really as a layman, this is anime, right? No. I mean, I, I wouldn't even say... Anime comes from Japan. This is not from Japan. American anime. It's not even anime. It's just a cartoon. It's an animated show done in a, uh, a very Japanese style. But okay, so is this is what anime. I'm going to do. I'm going <clears> to <throat> yeah. watch it, and then I'll okay. tell you if it's anime or not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fair? Okay, fair. All right. First episode, <clears throat> Travis is uh, another toothpick. That was the title, and that was the title. Was, yeah, this one was sort of a housekeeping episode. A lot of stuff going on in this one. Yeah, there is another uh, toothpick. Has to do with uh, something Janeth says about pretty much like people dying. Just a term that I guess uh, Libya yeah, she used. Was- Right, exactly. She was talking. I can't remember who exactly they were talking about it, but it was something that Livia had said about somebody that had. I think it was her brother. Yeah, maybe so. That sounds about right. Yeah, but there is a, there's like this is another one of those episodes throughout this season where it's they're kind of checking in with just about everybody. It seems like they are. Yeah. Let's see, and yeah, so- you, have a, you have a few characters even come back in this. Like you see the priest for the first time in a, in a season. Yeah, he, the, he makes a, a, a return here. You uh, have, Charmaine hasn't been seen too much. You know, you she's have, not seen as much as Artie anyway. You have the very awkward Artie downward spiral and very uncomfortable dinner with uh, Adriana also in this season has sort of been the object of, of everyone's eye, you know? Like, she's kind of... yeah. Yeah, like even like at the tennis thing, that the tennis instructor was all over her. Like obviously, like that was something going on. You remember yeah, that? Um, yeah, they. I mean, she's quite fetching. I will say. Um, 
Yeah, no, they've they've definitely made a big point about that. Let's start with Artie. What do you say? Because sure. he, it seems like some episodes he's he's well in control, he is and then very other, up and down. He's up and Dude, down. He's you know I mean I guess it, it's kind of a it's a nice look at that the normal guy or the the more normal guy isn't really all that different from Tony as he's trying to expand his empire and uh, make well, everything. He's, he's, <clears throat> I wouldn't even call him a normal guy. He's a mafia adjacent. Like he is. Yeah, he is, but he's he more normal well than Tony. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But I mean, he's less than Tony and he's having kind of the same up and down attitude that Tony tends to have where he's great one day and asking out other people's fiancés the next. Getting drunk on the job. That he That's one of the few consistencies within Artie is he does tend to, he likes to have a drink while he cooks. One thing is I kind of am starting, and I guess they did just introduce like three random characters in this. And I think that this third season has been doing this a lot where it's introducing kind of characters that they just kind of expect you to know who they are. Yeah, yeah, so I would they, definitely. Um, Ralphie was that way. Uh, even Tracy in the next episode is kind of that way. Just yeah. two right off the top of my head. Right. And in this one, they introduce Bobby Bacala's father. Right. Well, actually, even before that, they introduce, uh, I think it's Vito, right? His son? Was it his son? Yeah. Cause the name sounds familiar, but I don't remember Vito exactly is, where he fits. Yeah, he does have a son. Oh, this is the guy that gets uh, gets hit with the the golf, right? The golf club, yeah. So the guy, so it's Vito's son and another guy are are doing some errand, and this dude with the club, you know, this girl, uh, he's pretty much forcing his girlfriend to get in the car. She's in death proof, right? Oh, she is. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you see the kid who I guess is. A part of the whole family. He, and I guess this is just a weird coincidence that he, you know, she goes to that guy that Vito was... Jr. Right. Uh, and wants help. And then he comes with the golf club and beats him, beats him with the golf the club. Ever living shit out of him. <laughs> yes. Very Holy violent. Jesus. This whole season has been very violent and visceral. And okay, so it's you, showing. You... Yeah. What's up? So. That's, that was definitely uh, an intentional play by David Chase. Like oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. he had heard the criticism that some of it's you know been flowery towards the uh, towards some of the gangsters, and they're yeah. trying to make it they portray an accuracy of violence. And I think that these three episodes are like the highlight of well, that so and, far. Well, and even put in uh, when Melfi gets raped, put in that. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah sure, very... yeah, they include that in there gruesome um, and, and we're all stepping seeing, it up yeah and also with the stuff with tony and his racism like yep. tony is you know he the first two seasons he's kind of your lovable villain but this you're starting to see the ugliness of not that mm-hmm. he was ever you know what i mean though it, it, it's like all mafia yeah. stuff is kind of glorifying not glorified but romanticizing the mobster right. in a way. and this season has really done its work in showing that Tony is a pretty much a monster, just like uh, all these other guys. He's not this refined, you know, uh, mafia guy who has mm-hmm. maybe has a heart of gold, and you know he has some problems. But 
ah, he's just Tony. And th- this season has really done its due in making him just as bad as everyone else. Well, and it's also done a good job of some of like his lieutenants that we've, you know, kind of uh, Paulie and Silvio, who we yeah. love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. these who, next who two com- episodes af- after this one, like, they take them down a notch. Just, yeah. to, just to remind, it's just like a mid-season yeah. reminder, like, hey, these guys suck. Just <laughs> right, so like, you Paulie remember. and Silvio are pretty much a comedic relief in the last right. two seasons. Like, they're, you know, even me, I think of them as the funny guys. You know, Paulie's mm-hmm. funny. He's the comedy guy. No, he's... He's being a creep in this, and then Silvio's being a horrible guy. It's Yeah, they're all pretty shitty people. Yeah, all and it, it, I think it was definitely needed uh, just to oh, yeah. kind of put put you the realism uh, back into the story a little bit, you know? Yeah, we just, we, we just needed it. Okay, so Bobby Baklava's dad. <laughs> also, Bobby Baklava is such a sweetheart. I love Bobby Baklava. He's, he's Yeah, he's just great. He's the sweetest guy. And yeah, he's his, great. Um, his dad is... Pretty much this whole episode, this whole show kind of revolves around death. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of it does, which <clears throat> I guess a lot of mafia movies and shit, like uh, The Irishman. Did you ever watch that? Yes. That's a good, maybe um, similar deal with, with, with death. I think it, it really, and loneliness and dying and being forgotten, it it all kind of blends together, I think. The, yeah, the, sure. Or those two are very adjacent. Uh, yeah, with, I would say that's that's pretty mm-hmm. right on. So, I forgot who died. It was someone that Junior knew. And we see Bobby Bacala's father at the funeral. And he's coughing up a lung. He has uh, lung cancer. And so, the guy who <clears throat> beat up Vito, the, Vito's son, it, that is part of the family. And he's Bobby Bacala's dad's godson. I want to say something like that. Yeah, that's that's as I'm yeah. remembering. Yeah, that, that, like that his, sounds right. Yeah, and Tony wants he's his, connected like, to them. Right, he wants his uh, permission to whack this guy for what he did. I found it hilarious when they went to the hospital and saw the guy though that they're they're all very uh, you know appalled that this happened and then you know they want they want justice. But after Tony leaves, they all, you know, they're like, he's not going to eat these chocolates, right? Yeah, they just so kind like, yeah. We can have these. <laughs> right. And then also, so, like, I guess the big crux of this one is um, Junior, Bobby, and at some points, Ralphie arguing that Bobby's dad should not be the one to carry out the hit. <clears throat> right. Because he is... He's not in, in, in good shape. And no, also he Junior, can't stop coughing. Right, like me. And he's coughing Exactly up like Trey. You also have lung cancer. I'm in or character. Kobe. I might have the Kobe. Uh, it's a it's a wet cough, so I'm, I'm fine. Okay, you're good. Yeah, you're it's good. very wet. And yeah, so pretty much uh, they don't want him to go through with it, but he does. And it's another very gruesome scene where he's uh, meeting him at his house and he shoots his ear off and then just a big tussle there's blood everywhere there's there's then he starts driving you know and he can't get his inhaler then he gets in a car wreck so he dies. yeah because he got a cigarette he had to smoke a cigarette look man once you got it you got it right that's true yeah i know uh for sure i mean if you're that close to the end i'd probably be burning down heaters too Right, yeah, because that was uh, that was the the joke in Breaking Bad, where Hank uh, has the cigar and then 
Mm-hmm. He gives him to, to Walt, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, hey, I already got lung cancer. Might as well. You know? What's yeah. The so there's, wow, also an, there's also an interesting moment when they're having dinner with – I'm trying to find the guy's name from last week. It's the New York mob boss that moved yeah. to New Jersey. Um, yeah. So we've th- seen, go ahead. We've seen him talking to Ralphie before, and Ralphie – this is the episode that I'm kind of pinpointing as the – the pre like the the calm before the storm or just like the escalation of ralphie because he's starting to get very mouthy to everybody including people that are far above him right and it's it's clearly building to something a crescendo building to i think it built to what we saw in the next episode right right no it definitely did um yeah, and then I guess at the end of this one is where you get the junior cancer reveal, too. So, Sippenwall kind of wrote everything out that happens in this uh, episode, and I can kind of go through everything. Maybe we can, because he put a bullet point on list because there's so much. And there's a lot things, going on here, because yeah. you've got the, the therapy sessions happening. We got the first one, yeah, with, uh, with Carmella and with Tony and Carmella. Jesus, we haven't even gotten to the cop yet. So we got, yeah, the the crime. Uh, okay, so we got uh, Mustang Sally's crime and punishment, the latter ordered by Gigi Sestone in his first real leadership test. So that's the guy that got the Ralphie position over Ralphie, and Ralphie's just right. giving him a hard time at all times. Giving and, everybody a hard time yes. at all times. <laughs> uh, Bakla Jr.'s strained relationship with his boss, Uncle. So Bakla and Uncle Jr. Uh, and a sort of strained relationship with it, with him. Uh, he sees Jr. as his father figure. And then at the end, he's upset that Jr. won't go to the the funeral for his dad. And then he discovers Jr. has cancer. Bob, mm-hmm. Bobby's like a big kid. You know, like he just, is. Yeah. Uh, he's I, a good dude, man. He's taking care of his dad. He wants to take care of Junior. Probably the one character that has the most, that actually has empathy in the show. Like, he seems like he actually cares about people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like the big, dumb lummox that probably wouldn't hurt a hair on anybody's head. And that's I why he is doing what he is doing. I think, and I don't know <clears> if <throat> he's still doing it, but I think at first he was wearing a fat suit and then got to that size to wear it because he's oh, got good like for a him. beach ball belly but Boy, I, think he's, he I think he i think he did eventually gain the weight but still good for him um <laughs> good for, uh let's see here we got ralphie's continued insubordination we have the announcement of the pro yeah that, this is the conversation and i always kind of glaze over when it's the the shipping dock projects and stuff so the announcement of a project spearheaded by assembly man zelmer uh to transform port newark into standard issued waterfront yeah all right whatever we got already yeah. stuff we got the um unsteady soprano marriage which takes another hit after they attend the first therapy session uh carmelo accuses melfi of taking tony's side tony's relationship with meadow already damaged by their earlier racism towards her mixed race boyfriend uh, and then she gets her bike stolen and he does the, uh, I told you so. And then they have the whole conversation about, you know, it's not because they're black. It's because it's, uh, it's their economic status. And Tony's just pissed off about the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, he, he we... ref- he, yeah uh, you don't be surprised when it's a black, I believe was his quote. Yeah. Yeah. 
We also Lord. have we also have yeah I know we also have Meadow taking the bugged lamp back to her dorm and uh, that was just funny anti climax of that whole plot line <laughs> yeah that was good that, I was hoping that was hilarious. I was I was kind of hoping that I didn't uh, that they would have like the FBI is still listening like when they're when Meadow and Noah were about to have sex that they were listening into that like we have to listen to this shit. <laughs> like well we got it there we might as well use it yeah I thought that was pretty humorous. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Tony's resentment of, uh, the, the policeman who played by the guy from Rudy, uh, the, the black okay. dude. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the cop. No, he's a, he's good. I like, I've seen him in a ton of stuff. So I, I, what's cool about this book is, uh, he has a little, um, especially for the, uh, online version, he has little notes and I didn't realize, so his name is Charles S. Uh, Dutton. And I guess uh-huh. he was an ex-convict. Like, he was in prison. And no then he joke. discovered, like, uh, he loved acting and then, you know, became, like, a pretty big actor. And I, and I guess he worked on Oz and other things as well. So, like, yeah, he, he was a ex-con who uh, discovered a love for acting. So, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a great character actor. I've seen him in a ton of things. I've always yeah. enjoyed his work. You know him when you see him. Right, guy, exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, and all of that was super interesting just because like Tony flip-flopping back and forth on if he wants him uh, punished and then he gets punished and then he's like, ah, maybe we went a little too far. And then at the end, he's like still being incredibly racist, trying to give him money so he doesn't break all of his shit. I don't think that's why he was doing it. I think he was doing it because he felt bad. Uh, I And I'm not saying he's not a racist, but I think he was doing that because he felt bad about the whole whole deal. And then when he didn't, when he declined the money, he's just like fuck this guy, pretty much. Yeah, I don't think he was doing that because he thought. I I think that was just because he felt bad, and that's how he was gonna maybe make it good. But then he decided, mm-hmm. no, fuck him. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Uh, yeah, well, kind of what we talked about the um, escalation of violence in the season. We're, we're seeing a lot more of it. So uh, some of the criticisms for this season and. For some of these episodes um, in the middle of this season in particular are that uh, they're kind of recycling some of the same situations and story, not necessarily storylines, but the Richie and Ralphie comparison. Yeah. Is start, yeah. It's starting to hit pretty, pretty that on is the nose. Blatant. Yeah. That it's just a rogue a rogue gangster is causing trouble that boils that gets to a boiling point and needs to be taken out. Um, I mean, that was sort of the first season in a way. It was. Like, it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to, I mean, I, I tend to like the Ralphie character a lot better than I liked the Richie character. Yes. Uh, so I guess I'm enjoying like, that storyline a little bit more than more I did the Richie. He's more of a sadist. He's more of a sadist. He's a sadistic guy. He's more of a, like, a villain you kind of like to watch where Richie just yeah. was like a, a dick, you know? Right, yeah, and it was this guy's entertaining, you know, like he's wheels off and he'll do like he does crazy things, but like out of nowhere, obsession, you know, yeah, Richie's weight was way more calculated and quiet about what he was doing, whereas Ralphie do not give a shit. No, no, he's he's out there. I thought it was weird though how they kind of. I thought, I mean, the, the first whole... episode I thought was kind. Of, it was fine. I, I liked the second and third a lot better than that first one. It, this is also the first. So yeah. at the beginning, <clears throat> this is the first scene that Melfi and Carm film together. Yes, first scene they're in together. Yes, 
I found their yeah. interactions interesting because it's because Melfi doesn't she when she she kind of lets them talk and I guess that's maybe what therapists do. I haven't I went to a therapist like in in high school, but that was like for like ADD medicine medicine mm-hmm. and and but I guess that's how they do it though is they let you talk rather than asking you a bunch of questions and they interpret what you're talking about. Um, right. Yeah, but she kind of just lets her talk. We get another one of her and uh, Melfi together later on. But Yeah, I think that's what the third episode. Uh-huh. And yeah, so that was the first of them two meeting. Uh I don't know what else to say on this one. Uh this is probably more of a cleanup episode. I say, I say we we start on with uh episodes 6 and 7 cuz these are meaty. Yeah, no, Very especially meaty. this next one university. It's pretty focused on uh Noah and Meadow here. Yes. That's, and also and, and the roommate. Caitlin. I I think you need to yeah, mention the roommate Caitlin. And then it's yeah, all no, the she's flip got side a lot going on. The flip side of that is the uh what's her name? Teresa? Tracy. Tracy. And Tracy. And Tracy and her her whole deal. And I looked up the uh, uh actress who played her because, you know, I'm just looking at research. And um <clears throat> I guess she had been in a few things, but now she's like on Instagram and stuff doing like yeah. yoga. I don't know. She's still so hot. one of the big things that happened uh, with this episode is uh, there yeah, was like a say that after the the horrible brutality of the of her character just say she's hot. What did you say? A, I missed it. I said I was... she's hot, but maybe I'll okay. You know, she is very she's still very, hot. She's still hot. very attractive. Yes. Um, so after this episode, there was a mass, not a mass, but there was a, a sizable amount of HBO subscribers that canceled their subscription oh, really? due to the violence of this episode. And the wow. actress that played Tracy said, well, that's kind of what we were trying to do is to portray it in a realistic manner. So I guess I did my job. Like sucks yeah. that those people left the subscription, but that's what I was trying to do. Man, that's, that's so she seems like a bit of a wild card <laughs> saying um, what she believed and stuff, you know? Sure. I mean, I mean, she was only in it for one episode, so I mean, what does she have to yeah. lose? Uh, yeah, and to have that, that sort of a legacy off one episode, that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, uh, that's a huge part, and she played it real well. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like, how, how, what do you, th- how do you feel about the violence against women in this show? I mean, I, I guess because of what it's portraying, and I, it makes, you know, it makes sense for me to be in there. Uh, of course, I don't condone it, but like the reality is, is that's pro- that's the way it is. More mm-hmm. than likely in the mob, and in just you know, really like probably the end of the eighties and into the nineties, and probably just how it was for a long, long time. And like you know, it's nice that we're coming out of it, uh, maybe a little bit. But I don't, I don't have a huge problem with it being portrayed on television in the right in the mm-hmm. right ways. I guess is probably the best way to say it. You know, when it's when it's called for or when it adds to the story, it certainly added to the story in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought now I I'm never usually have a big problem with stuff like that. I feel like I kind of have to be told that this is problematic or this is problematic. Maybe that's just because I'm a big dumb man. Mm-hmm. Um I guess like with like Game of Thrones, maybe there was some stuff where I was a, a little bit like, okay. But like I when think they're tossing babies into the water. I don't remember specifically. Or feeding but, them to dogs or things like that. Uh, or maybe more violent towards women. I guess I'm talking about. Uh, okay. But 
Yeah, I, I think what they were trying to say with this, I, I, I and I think, um, I think it's maybe justified more so than other things. Uh, I think what was interesting in reading the Sepinwall stuff is that Tracy and Caitlin are pretty much two sides of the same coin when you think about it. And so, like, somebody I, that uh, completely unsheltered in uh, Tracy's case, how she reacts to this this world, and then a completely sheltered person in Caitlin and how they're reacting to the world? Is that, is that kind both, of... Both are pretty much abused and yeah. not treated, you know, with care, where, you know... Tracy keeps coming to Tony like, hey, I need help. I need help. And Tony is just sort of brushing her off. And yeah. and then with, with, with uh, Caitlin, you know, she's wanting help from her roommate. And she's not adjusting well at all to being in college. And interesting thing, too, is that she is she, she has some issue where she can't she can't separate, you know, all this her misery. thoughts from reality yeah her thoughts from reality or just like being or or cruelty from reality you know she watches the movie freaks you know and you think that she is disgusted by what's on screen but she's disgusted by people's uh, reaction the line actually the best line in this this episode the line that sums up this episode and what this episode is trying to say is Caitlin saying, why is other people's pain a source of amusement? I think that's what okay. this episode is trying to say. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think she, that's pretty spot on. She it's not well, you know, she sees people's amusements by other people's pain. Uh, we are amusement and you know, Ralphie's amusement by uh, by Silvio beating uh, Tracy, you know, uh, yeah, we we're watching the show. We we're amused by the violence going on. I think that's right. what this episode is trying to say, or it's trying to maybe point at, is our amusement of other people's pain. Yeah, no, that makes that makes total sense, especially just, uh, I mean, I think the end of the episode also kind of lends to that of at the end of the day, we sit back and we think about all of the sad things around us, and eventually it does get to you. And even Tony, um, you know, hardened criminal mafia boss... Mm -hmm is still affected by some of these things. And I would just... say though, that's only after she gets fucking murdered. Only no, I, yeah, that, that's though. what I mean at that. Some yeah. point it finally gets to you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I honestly, like, I don't know how he could have stepped in and stopped that. Like, you know what I mean? Like she, she kind of made her own bed, you know, like, mm -hmm. like I get it. And I, I'm, I'm here. I just, to step in front of that because I mean he, he's going with his mafia code of not talking with uh, somebody else's girl um, she never said that he did she tell him physically that he beats her because well, I don't remember well, also Tony that. is a bit disgusted by her because he mentions well, yeah. that uh, that she, you know he she abused her child and that's probably okay. just a, a, a case of you know, she's doesn't not coming up from a great area. She didn't have a great upbringing, and, and you know things, as we've seen in the show, trickle down. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's uh it's hereditary. 
Yeah. No, and I and I get that. I just I don't know. I don't really know what Tony in particular the show. The, you know, like I'm not the saying Tony. That, I'm not saying he had he could have stopped that from happening. I'm just saying that he's he just well he doesn't really care about her and her problems until this thing happens. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that he had any. Yeah. He there was nothing he could have done. Maybe you know gotten rid of a Ralphie sooner, but he didn't seem to give the give a damn about her until she gets murdered. Also, and this is sort yeah. of a, it's all about these men not caring about these women and about them like uh noah we we see this with noah as well like noah uh he's fine until they become just an issue like with her roommate you know he gets a c minus on one of his papers and then he realizes you know what i'm i'm not gonna worry about her issues because that's affecting me now and this is an incredible quick Meadow. turn with him too you know i guess like, yeah but i think it's because of his grades like and he has a dad who's very strict and yeah, um, it is a quick turn, but it, it is. I, I think it's trying to show you that these these characters in the show, the, the people in the, that inhabit the show, uh, they're very selfish and they're really just looking out for their own well being, and they'll care for you until the point it becomes inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that that makes a lot of sense. Like it's uh, it's almost. I mean, it definitely shows that most of the men... Actually, I'm trying to think of one that doesn't... I mean, even Meadow. Even Meadow, you know, she cares about her roommate to an extent. But really, she's just being annoying. And doesn't really, doesn't really, you know, care about her well-being that much. It's more of a nuisance. Like, if you knew a person like that, you would try to talk to them, try to get them to see a counselor, try would to get you, them though? to see somebody. I like, would, Yeah. I mean, I, I think we would all like to say we would, but how many times have you run into somebody that was clinically depressed and you just didn't even notice? Like, I know that you're noticing, well, but that's at a noticeable. deeper... Her I, okay, yeah, noticeable. no, it's noticeable, but what is a 19-year-old girl going to do about it other than what she's done? Sure. Tell her to get help and tell her to stop drinking and tell her to stop taking pills. Tell her to get this. But at the end Maybe of the day, it's up to the, the person. School. You talk to the school and say, hey, uh, my roommate. They physically yeah, can't do anything, though. I think you know, so. like, what I are they going to do? Remove her? I think, it's, I think I mean, there are things put in place nowadays where you could call somebody and be like, hey, my roommate is contemplating suicide. Please, I need some help. You could do that. If you feel yes, like the person I, is in danger, you could do that. Yeah, you definitely could, uh, but definitely not everybody does that, and not every what to situation, mm -hmm. especially not a nineteen-year-old girl. No, and, and I'm not saying that she should have done that. I'm not trying to criticize. I'm just saying though, like it, it, it shows that even with Meadow, there's still an extent of caring, and also this episode shows. I think that's how... true with everybody, like in real life. Though. Well, yeah, that's that is it is true in real yeah. life. That's I mean, this, yeah, a hundred percent. We're all selfish. I guess I'm just saying. I, I don't I I don't I don't know that it's like <clears throat> maybe that's what they're trying to tell us. But that's just I thought that was just common sense that like most people. Don't I thought really they give were a, a bit. They were a bit <clears throat> dismissive of the whole situation. I I felt sure. like no. I, I mean, like I, I felt like they were too at points, but I I mean, also part of their annoyance was that she wouldn't herself get help after they right. like told her to. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, quite frankly, if you lived in that dorm room with that girl, 
she just talked about how scared she was all the time. When you yourself don't feel that way, it would get to be a lot. It would. She was definitely a strain on, on them. Yeah. Or if and, you're to- in Tony's situation, if you're used to certain social norms and this girl not only is, I mean, she's, she's not brought up anything to him that <clears throat> he can really help her with. And he gave her the advice that she wanted, and then she still went totally against it. So, you know, I think almost if anything, this is like, it's it's also kind of showing that people are going to do what people are going to do, no matter what you try to say to them or help or you know. And if it's like, I don't know, it, it, this is this is a very complicated episode. <laughs> no, it is. There's a lot of stuff in here. You know, a lot of a lot of themes. Uh, you also have the whole. I mean, think of also the all the gladiator and Spartacus Spartacus references in this. And then, I mean, yeah. Ralphie is, you know, swinging the, the chain around like he's a gladiator and the whole, you know, the whole bada bing, the whole strip club's a, a gladiator. You know, it's, it's a whole, uh, gladiator, uh, what do you call Coliseum? But instead mm-hmm. of warriors, it's, it's, it's strippers. Right. And they're, you know, going to be, they're pretty much slaves, you know, indigenous servants, if, if you will. Yeah, I mean, some you of them definitely have, have it. Definitely, uh, Jesus Christ, I lost her. Tracy was. I mean, she was yeah. basically in there stripping to pay back Silvio. Right. Uh, and Silvio, act, you know, he was acting like a, a pimp when he was like, "Hey, come back to work," and slapped her around mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and then you know, after that, that it's a, it, then the, all, all the and then all the the wives are in the and they're all having dinner, like all the upper class people. It, it was that very big tr- like juxtaposition between that scene and then the dinner scene where they're all just like a normal suburban like group of families Mm -hmm. uh and there's a lot of that also in this episode in the show where uh a hot you know the people in the higher power are are jerks to the people in the lower power you know the i mean meadow kind of did that with carmilla you know she knows she has power over carmilla and you know when they're at the table she puts her drink up like she's just gonna (laughs) refill it yeah uh then you have what uh, I think it was, I forgot who it was. I think it was Polly or someone making fun of Vito and Bobby Bacla saying, "It's hey, look, it's before and way before." Right? Just, yeah, yeah no, you right. have a lot of you know, and then with uh, Polly and Polly and Christopher, it, there's a lot of that. A lot of the power struggle and people in higher power being jerks to people in lower power. Yeah, there's. Um... I mean, even the bartender guy has power over the strippers. You know, he's like, "Hey, I need a cut and a blowjob." Once you're, you know, with, with yeah, it's it's all a power thing, and people in the higher power are treating the people in the lower power terrible. Yeah, and you know that's it's a, kind of like a tradition in the mob. You know, like it's based on a on a tier system, kind of mm-hmm. like the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but I, I i would hope they wouldn't make tier seven people suck their dicks <laughs> or anything wait you haven't had to do that yet uh no, no not me no me either Travis? okay yeah yeah me me either me either all right so uh there, there's a ton of dude there's a gig. ton of like character contrast going on throughout this whole just this season but in particular this episode and the next episode um you know like uh i like they're all huge giant hypocrites so like you were saying about meadow 
Um, she's, you know, she goes home and complains about all these things to her parents. And then she holds Noah up because he's very patient with Caitlin and she's very disdainful, even though that's not what she should be doing or how she would even act. Uh, you know, if her parents were there, um, there's contrast there. Then you have like Silvio being a totally different person than what we're kind of used to seeing hitting Tracy being very rough with her. Uh, Tony with all of his racial epithets that have been going on. But when the little white girl gets hurt, then he's completely offended and can't even hold in his anger. Uh, There's just a lot of hypocritical uh, character traits coming out in pretty much everybody at this point. It seems. Yeah. Uh, Well, it's super. Yeah, I think that's what makes this show so great because it is so based in reality, not with necessary, but just like a society as a whole that, like you said, like we were talking about, people don't really care about everybody's problems. People are very selfish. They're more cons- they're mostly concerned about what's going on with them rather and don't really have time to even consider what's going on with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude, this is the thick, meaty episode. <laughs> Yeah, big old uh, in the the book. It was the longest chapter that he had. Like he went really in depth into like the comparisons between uh, Kate, uh, Caitlin, right? Or uh, mm-hmm. oh god, uh, Caitlin and uh, uh, Tracy. Just oh yeah, they're very much similar characters, but you know, uh, definitely different. I mean, social economically very different, uh, sheltered very differently. You know, she's from Oklahoma and isn't uh, used to the big city. City yeah, in New York. Right. Uh, there were also three references to horses in this episode. Oh, all right. Um, right. what else did I have here? Oh, the homeless woman. So that yeah. was like a re- that was a real situation that was adapted into the into the script. Oh, really? Yeah, what yeah. Happened? I can't remember who it was. It was like th- 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 that exact situation. Oh wow! <laughs> There's a, a New York Times up a lady's crack. What's with Ralphie's deal in Gladiators? He's been talking about he Gladiators. He loves that movie, man. He loves the mo- movie. Fucking loves came that out. movie. Yeah, he does. Uh, I like. It's I a like good the, movie. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't you know, seen it in I, a long time. But that, that I, I guess it was. I mean, it, it won the best picture that year. Yeah. So yeah, but he is really big. into it, man. Oh yeah, really into it. Uh, I liked uh, the par- uh, Carmela's parents and the. Oh, they're Mom a doesn't like it. She's like, I like Darren Brockovich. And then Dad's like, oh, I don't care for that. She's <laughs> like, well, yeah. you said you did. I like that yeah, dynamic. She... That's funny. That's a very, yeah, I know that's good. That's a very, un, like a, a very kind of flop dynamic too with the, the, the mom's definitely the alpha and the dad's kind of the, ah. <laughs> that's really a good care. one. Also, that was a good, uh, another uh, hypocritical moment with her parents always complaining about Tony, but also, yeah, uh, taking the benefits that he, right. his uh, his favor affords you, right? And not really, even wanting to admit that that uh, those are those are nice things for them. Thought that was interesting. There um, was a fresh Fresh Prince of Bel Air reference. <laughs> was there? Yeah, Jackie Jr. He calls him the Fresh Prince of New Jersey. Okay, I'm guessing I must that's have a Fresh that. Prince reference. You know, I would think so. I would oh, think there's so. a Dick Wolf reference. That. Dick Wolf is okay. mentioned in this. Oh, that's also. Fun. I want to say this episode is directed by Jack Bender. Tell me where you've heard that name before. Jack Bender. Yes. Futurama? No. Mm. 
Actually, no, I'm sorry. This episode was not directed by Jack Bender. It was... Wow. That was the, the first episode was directed by Jack Bender. Another two. Okay. Bender. Well, but now still, that you messed it up, just tell me who Jack Bender is. He directed probably most, if not most, a vast majority of uh, the Lost episodes. Really? Okay. Like, he was like their nice. number one director. Like He directed, I think, the majority of them. Sweet. Uh, he, yeah, he did the finale as well. Like he was a big, he was like the main director on Lost. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So a little Lost uh, reference here, you know. And he directed right. a few more Sopranos episodes. He directed like two episodes of season six of Game of Thrones. He's a big, uh, big TV director guy. They bring him yeah. in for the big ones. Yeah. All right. So episode three, <laughs> we can. I, unless you have anything else to say about this one. No, I think uh, I think we got it all out. There is, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess at the end they have Tony at the therapy session, real sad and stuff about the whole situation. It was a very brutal um, beating too. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. Lo- I think so. Like it was long. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was. felt like he he was beating her for a long time. And I didn't realize he killed her. I I thought she, I didn't. I forgot that that he just at killed first. Her. Yeah. Or yeah. Um. So, like, I guess if we're talking about our memories of the episode prior to watching, as we started getting closer to the end of the episode, I started remembering what exactly I was about to watch. See, I remember the gladiator part where he's beating the guard with with a stick. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And then I remember this part. I mean, as soon as she walked, like, he walks out and you see the alley in the darkness. Like, the whole scene came back to me. I was like, oh, 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 okay, we're... All right, we're about to just beat this poor girl to death. All right. Yeah. And then sure enough, two minutes later, there he is doing it. Yep. It was tense. It was very it was. tense. That's the second uh, the second extremely violent act against a woman sh- pretty much shown on camera this season. Yeah, I bet you yeah, I could see why people would cancel their subscription. Especially you know. two weeks after a, a big rape. Yes. Yes. You know, hindsight okay. is a little different. You know, you now you see kind of the big picture, but yeah, it'd right. probably be a lot back then. Yeah. Uh, season, or I'm sorry, episode seven is called Second Opinion. Right. A lot of and it this is, is uh, around... referencing both Junior yes. and Carmela's second right. opinion. We get, let's talk about the Junior stuff first. Let's do uh, it. There's a lot of funny here, too. This was some good, funny, entertaining stuff. Uh, junior gets so he has cancer stomach cancer he gets uh some surgery on his cancer but they didn't get all of it and the doctor um dr kennedy named kennedy and the, he loves him because he's named kennedy john yeah. kennedy and so he's he really that man yeah really into that <laughs> that doctor uh named kennedy he wants uh he wants a second opinion because he doesn't well, he wants. All right, so he recommends the surgery because surgeons recommend surgery, as as you know from Scrubs. Just ask right? Turk. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of episodes of Scrubs where they're debating whether they need surgery or treatment. Right. Yes, at least once or twice a season, we would play right. that play that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, the the junior wants a second opinion. Uh, Tony recommends another guy. They go talk to him, and then there's like a whole console of doctors talking about Junior. Yeah, stomach. it was like a, a board, a tumor yes, board, is I believe what it was board. was uh, referenced as. Right, and 
So I didn't exactly <clears throat> understand. So he kind of dumps him as a patient because he's just like, well, okay, just I don't, if he's not gonna listen to me, I don't really care. Okay, so <clears throat> this is the way I understood it. The guy that uh, Tony took Junior to uh, recommended chemo. And because they were opposing opinions on the two opinions, they brought it to a board at the other doctor's hospital. And then as they were talking, they were saying, this is the guy who is the overseeing physician, I guess. And the surgeon, Dr. Kennedy, was like, mm, I don't really want that guy watching over my over my shoulder, just given the okay. chemo thing. So and it's all politics, be- kind of. Yeah, it was very yeah. politics. It was, it was kind of, you know, another... Another uh, way for the show writers and uh, just the show in general to show us that just because you're not in the mob doesn't mean that you don't do mob-like things. <laughs> right. Because, um, right. I mean, Guy was basically just abandoning him because he didn't want to deal with an opposing doctor. Right. And he's a doctor, so he believes he's, like, above absolutely everybody. Uh, just ask Dr. Cox with the, about, about the doctor's god complex. Sure, sure. Yeah. Exactly. And then it even reminded me of uh, an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm this year where the two, where uh, Larry has the two doctors and they, they really don't like each other. And it was a funny, funny kind of gag because uh, he goes to the other doctor and they meet and it, it, it was good. It was a good episode of Curb. Good season of Curb this year, by the way. Yeah, anytime a television show is going to use doctors... Uh, and it's not a doctor show. Uh, probably, I would say nine times out of ten, this is the situation that they put forth. Is we've had right. two opposing doctors, with different ideas, and they don't like each other. Or uh, one doctor but, really wants to fix someone, and then they right. fix them, and then fall in love with the <clears throat> the, the 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 daughter the of the patient. Yeah, I like lost. Yeah, something. yeah. No, that's that's another good one too. That's a good one too. Yeah, uh, it was. I, I mean, the golf course scene is pretty hilarious. That was great. Yeah, you got to be on your head. <laughs> you got like to be on your head. <laughs> yeah, uh, good... Stupid fucking game. <laughs> I like that line a lot. Furio's awesome, dude. That'll probably Furio's be a good good line to use for an open. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stupid fucking game. Because golf is stupid. Game. Yeah, that was good. Um, I enjoyed that. And then they're like, hey, okay, so we have uh, this is. I think the second or third reference to a new technology that has entered the Sopranos world. Uh, Tony gives the doctor uh, his cell phone number so yes. that he can be reached 24 seven. So this season, I noticed it at the very beginning of the season. Uh, I don't remember whose cell phone number Tony was or who's who he was giving his cell phone number, but I noticed it then, but the cell phone has made its uh big entrance to soprano land that's our big nice. technological advance of the season is everybody has a cell phone it seems everyone's like. got a cell phone everyone's looking everybody's at the always, phones everybody's on their phone texting nobody talks to any to each other anymore trey man no one does no one does i, I miss the, time the days where we actually talked just you people know? living life yeah you know look at this no phone and no phone to be seen people just enjoying each other enjoying life dude it's crazy not it's a crazy. phone anywhere. It's a better time, really. Better time. And we also have, we have uh, another better time. We have uh, Carmela uh, going to go see Melfi. And it's it's framed, actually shot exactly like the first scene of the yep. first episode where she's at the office. And we have the scene with the, with the statue. And it's the shot between the legs of the statue. Looking at the statue. And Carmela talks to Melfi. 
Melfi recommends her another doctor to see because you can't. I guess you can't see conflict of interest. Yeah, conflict or, of interest. Because they, she would, she can't do it separately because then basically, like, it would be really hard to stay impartial between two patients that are probably complaining about each other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And she sends her to a doctor who is no bullshit. This guy's yeah, he's fucking right on the line. Dr. Um, Krakauer, whatever. He Krakauer. was awesome. This so, dude died like a, like two months before before it aired. Yeah, I saw that. That's uh, sad. He was really good. Uh, he's great. Wonder if Melfi knew that was going to be the response of the doctor. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. Because she recommends I mean, if him. She, right, she, she know must who know he him. Is. Yeah. And, and she that knew he's, that uh, he would say that. Especially given the way that she does things and the way she talks about therapy, she would know that she was sending her to a uh, a guy that does things a little differently, because they yeah, mentioned it a, several times bit. and and like and I I you know I've never seen a ton of psychiatrists p- portrayed as having a bunch of judgments on your uh, the way you live your life. They're more just analysis an- analyzing it analyzing analyzing uh more just uh analyzing it but he was like nah you should take your kids and leave and i'm not gonna accept your money i don't take blood money what did he say um he said let me see here you know he said uh you need to take the kids what's left of them and leave Mm -hmm. i like the line what's left of them right yeah uh right and he had not gonna take your money he pretty much lays it out, and the best line he says at the end is, um, "One thing you can never say that you haven't been told." Yep, and um, I, I liked that. I really liked uh, when she was like restating what he said, but in her words, right? Like, and he distance, was like, "What I mean, did yeah. I just say?" No, I. Said what did I just leave. say? It, did any like, of that sound like what you said? Right, right. It's like when someone tells you, like, "Yeah, I mean, it's a." When, like a, a truth, but you try to be like, okay, well, what if I just do this, this, this? No, you need to leave. You need to get out of yeah. there. Yeah. And then the end of it was basically. I liked like, also. Look here. I liked also because she says, "Well, he's he's a good guy. He's a good man." And then he's like, "Well, does a good man sleep around and do all these crimes?" And I don't think he's a good man. Doesn't sound right. like a good man. You know. Yeah. And it's then sort the of end... maybe even us justifying like our love for Tony Soprano too. Like as a viewer, it's like, well. He's a code. It's a good guy. No, he's not a good guy. He's a it, good it might bad even be guy. Be the audience. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's our protagonist. We we somewhat root for him, but as far as like, you know, you're watching it and you you try to justify his actions, but it, it's almost like saying to the audience, "No, this is not a good person." Right. Yeah. And then at the end, he basically just puts it on her. At this point, you not only know this for yourself. But somebody has told you what you need to do. Yeah. And it is up to you now what you're going to do. Are you going to leave or are you going to make your bed with who you are with and live your life? Because mm-hmm. that's that's your choices at this point is either you continue on with what you're doing or you leave and upset the status quo. Yeah. It The ball is now in your court. And mm-hmm. she clearly came to a decision um, and was not doesn't seem to be super proud of that decision, but is making some strong strong plays on what she wants to at least you know have some control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she's uh, not doing you know it's that's she's going to have 
she's not doing what he told her to do. She's not going to do that. She's going to stay pat until yeah. a couple. Well, we do see eventually they do have a humongous fight and she leaves, but not for the reasons right. that she should be leaving. Like she, right. Yeah. It's, she should be out of there with the kids gone. But well, um, and the whole, the whole thing is, is like, she like deep down, she, it doesn't really bother her that, it doesn't, you know? Like, she's known no. that his entire she, life. She's a lot it, like Artie, because she's on and off about yeah. the whole thing. She Sometimes yeah. she's... She cool wants to be upset about it, just like Artie yeah. wants to be disgusted about some of the things that they do, but they're not. They are good people, but they are, you know, they're adjacent, dude. Like, they're part of it, and they benefit from it, so therefore they make deals in their head that, hey, this is okay because I'm not involved. I don't right. have a direct correlation to it. I don't talk well, she business. She says... Well, because he says he calls her an accomplice. She's like, well, no, I'm not an accomplice. I, I, I just right. help. I give him, you know, this, this, this. Oh, well, then you're right. An that's enabler. when she said. Uh, that's when she said. So I should, I should uh, make more effort to separate myself. And then he said, No, I didn't say any of that. I said, You need right. to leave. Is what I yeah. said. Yeah. Um, I, that was an incredibly interesting. Uh, her entire episode is fantastic, and yeah. she again, this is for this episode is where she wins her second. Uh, oh really? Time Emmy. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. That's yeah. a great scene too. That's a very powerful scene. It lays it. It lays all the chips out. Like, hey, this is you know now, and and now from here on out, your actions. It, there's no. It's you get it, and now you're. There's no interpretation of of anything. Like, no, this is it. Right. You do this, or you're making your bed. Yeah, and she. Uh... She does. She gets fifty grand out of Tony for it. Yeah, which was, uh, I also I think, wrote. Uh, I think uh, she is smitten by any man that is not Tony. <laughs> yes, she is. She just just falls head over heels with anyone else that is not Tony Soprano. Yes, yes. yeah. Uh, I, I do like him. The entire episode, you know, kind of just blustering around about the doctor and like just showing how much power he has. Yeah, uh, you know, putting his foot down about the fifty thousand dollars, but when wifey comes in and says, "You're gonna need to do this for me," mm-hmm. and we're not doing the five, we're doing the yeah. fifty. And then on top of that, he was like, "You know what? You deserve a it. meal out. Let's <laughs> <Right>. go out." <laughs> uh, also, Every, uh, he, she's the only one that has any sort of semblance of control over him. Uh, also, uh, Tony Hale's in this is the, is the doctor. Yes, so you found him then. <laughs> yeah, 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 I saw him. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I texted so texting Trey last night, or Trey was texting me drunkenly, drunkenly last night. Maybe. Uh, and I told him that I had found Tony Hale in this episode. You only get like a couple of flashes of him. Yeah, but I, it's very brief. It's very brief. So I left it up to. I told him he's in it. We're playing Where's Waldo? Find to, right. find Joe or uh, what, what's his to, uh, what's his name in uh, Buster. Development? Buster Buster Bluth. that's right yeah. yeah find Buster and he found him I'm proud of you buddy thank you thank you thank you're you. welcome you're welcome mm-hmm. uh, we kind of already talked about the Pauly stuff do you want to get real deep into that I mean basically. Christopher and Polly are still butting heads. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. Um, we, it's very fish, similar to the. We it's have kind of more... similar to the the Silvio thing in the last episode, where they're kind of hardening fan favorites. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, just uh, kind of. I don't know. I thought it was funny at the end where he has the, 
the dancing fish. Singing bass. <laughs> the, the I, Tony's I like, already gotten it. I like the uh, beginning of that with, with Pussy, the whole fish. Uh-huh. And it, it was awesome. Head and talks. And you also have uh, stuff with Angie, Pussy's wife. Uh, she comes back up and she's wanting more money, but she's also buying expensive things. And Tony's pissed. And her. And she used, like, she used Carmella to, to yeah. like, guilt her into talking to tony because she knew mm-hmm. tony probably wouldn't wouldn't uh listen i guess yeah and then he comes over and it was i came over gonna basically i was gonna not be a dick about this yeah. uh but then i but saw the cadillac and then he <laughs> he's like the dog gets down he pets the dog dog doesn't look sick <laughs> I thought for a split second he was going to kill the dog, but then yeah. I remember he's a, he's an animal lover. No, he loves animals and children. And that's about yes. it. Yeah, right. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was I was thinking that too for a second. Just put him like an anchor man, <laughs> right? <laughs> or just yeah. like he he's got a good golf swing. So if he just golf swung that baseball, that bat, would be probably funny. connect. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be some good comedy. Imagine the exodus Arr! of uh, of viewers then if he <laughs> oh just like, triple, golf ball triple, swung yeah. that corgi out to the backyard. I, you know what? Sadly, I think more people would unsubscribe if that happened than than for beating a woman to death. You're probably so. right. Yeah, you're probably right. That was really funny. Yeah, that'd be really really hilarious. I'd be, uh, I'd be a also loved. I think this is the like at the beginning or. It's at the house, I guess. It was at the beginning of the episode. Um, also, I guess in this episode, AJ is out of town, and that's why Tony and Carm are kind of at yeah, each other's throats. Yeah, he's going to a trip to Washington, D.C. Where Hilarious scene when AJ comes back. Uh, she's outside smoking a cigarette on the phone with, I guess, psychiatrist. Uh, psychiatrist. Yeah. And she's smoking a cigarette, and he comes out. He walked out of the house to complain to this woman about the amount of pulp in his orange juice. Yeah. The balls on this man. Yeah. And she chucks the most justifiable phone toss I've ever seen in my entire life when she chucks that phone at him from across yeah. the driveway. Like, the balls on this dude to come outside to complain. He walked outside to complain about the pulp in the orange juice. That was a genius comedic scene. Yeah. AJ picks up the phone and is like, somebody dropped the phone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was awesome. There were some funny moments in this one, I guess. There was. Yeah. It's good. Good three solid episodes. Yeah. Really good, man. Uh, Like I said, the second two were a little stronger than the first, but all very good. Yeah. Yeah. This shows. uh, I'm excited to maybe wrap this one up. And I'm very excited to go on to the next season, I think. Because See, and then um, just like around the discussion that we were talking about of them sort of recycling uh, storyline type things, from what I've read and as we talked about, season four is when I kind of dipped out and okay. didn't finish. So I think there could be something to these middle seasons of them not knowing where and how long this thing is going to go that they're meandering a bit but okay. I mean I don't mind it you know like I kind of no, I like yeah the stories you know it's it's right. also kind of it's true to, I, I to feel the realism like of the show they don't know what to do with the therapy stuff sometimes yeah I feel I like they, they don't really know what to do there 
Yeah, they're know. trying to dabble with Carm coming with him and Carm starting yeah. up some therapy. But that, you're right. I don't. I don't think percent. They know that that is kind of the the show, but yeah. they're not really certain what to do with it other than it's a gangster going to therapy. Right, and I mean the whole idea is that I think Melfi thinks that the only way to cure Tony is to get him out of crime. But how are you going to mm-hmm. do that? You know, right? How are you going to make him totally change his ways? For sure. These are some heady episodes, just these these couple and with all the contrasting of characters, characters not doing the something that's that we've deemed to be within their character. Is these were challenging to watch, you know? Like yeah. uh they're challenge they're challenging to watch and challenging to take everything in, which is not really something that you can say about a ton of uh shows mid season, that they're very heady, interesting, meaty episodes like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super good, man. Want another Sopranos fun fact? Oh, you know I love fun facts. The the R in the title is a gun. Okay. Thank you. And that's this episode of uh, Deja Vu Podcast. Uh, We'll be back next week with uh, the next three episodes, one of which is a fan favorite. Uh, We're doing two episodes. Oh, two episodes. Oh, yeah, we are doing two. So then Remember? maybe in maybe in two weeks it's the fan favorite one. It's the uh the Rasputin one. The the Russian who doesn't die one. Okay, yeah, time. I remember that one. You know, yeah, that's like a I got some fun facts on that one too, because uh Shtipu Shimi was actually present during that episode. On I set. love fun facts. And so we'll talk about that uh in two weeks maybe, or I don't know exactly when that will be posted. Uh, it just depends. All right. Well, next week we'll do two. I, I guess we'll do two later on this week. Not next week, but later on this week we'll do two more. We're going to do the next three episodes, two episodes of Sopranos each. We, Deja Vu, will probably release two episodes next week. Okay. All right. We'll see okay. you. All right. Bye.